0: Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave Bold Brilliant Podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linford, and I'm here today with two incredibly inspiring ladies. They are both forces to be reckoned with, not only in the world of travel, but business as well. And we are going to be talking all about the menopause, warts and all. So welcome, Lindsay Garvey-Jones and Julie Nunez. Hi, Jeanette. How are you doing? Hi, Jeanette. Uh, Great to have you both and uh, this is a topic that's often quite taboo and I know that you've been doing a huge amount campaigning to raise awareness and just really so we can have a very open and honest conversation because whilst we are all sort of very focused on the travel industry, this is not an industry-specific topic by any stretch (laughs) and it's also not actually a female topic either because it affects guys as well. For anyone that's got wives daughters sisters friends female colleagues in their lives it really does affect everyone so i think it's fantastic that we're actually um i guess i guess taking the lid off pandora's box and having some proper conversations about it so i'm excited and i had said earlier before we press record this is the first podcast where i've ever started a conversation about vaginal dryness Absolutely. Lift that leg. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so if that has not captivated your imagination, anyone that's listening or watching, then I'm sure I'm sure that you're going to be enlightened through the conversation. So we're going to start with just a little bit of a short intro in terms of who Julie and Lindsay both are. And then we're going to get into the meat of the conversation. So I'm going to go to Julie first. Do you want to tell us who you are, Julie? You know, what's your bit of background? And then uh, we're going to go from there. We'll go to Lindsay after that all oh, thanks Jeanette and um, a big a big thank you for allowing Lindsay and I
1: um, to come on to one of your podcasts and then um, and talk about yes uh, a kind of the last taboo a subject really um amongst women um of all all ages really and of course men so yes so my name is julie nunes um i'm I'm proud to say i'm i'm a true geordie girl as you can probably tell from my accent i've been in travel all of my life i can't imagine actually doing anything else other than working in this wonderful industry that we love started off um at 18 mace for those of you that can remember And I've had various roles within TUI and um, I worked for his Travel before um, coming along to Silver Sea Cruises. And I've been at Silver Sea now for eight years. Um, It's fair to say um, I'm always juggling um, plates. I've got a, a family and now a granddaughter. And um, actually thought I was the special one and that the menopause wasn't going to hit me. I thought I was special. It's just going to pass me by. How wrong was I? So, um, yes, lots to talk about. And I'm happy to share some of my experiences on what has really been a roller coaster of a journey for the
0: past um, three and a half years. Oh, fantastic, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so surprised that we haven't actually physically met all over these years. I know.
1: <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> isn't that will happen.
0: <laughs> crazy, but we're we're sorting that out now, so that is great. And um, Lindsay, you and I have known each other for quite a few years, um, but do you want to just let people know a little bit about your background and, and then we can uh, kick into the full meaty
2: discussion that we're going to have? absolutely um, i'm Lindsay garvey jones i'm national retail manager for holiday extras and it's my 10th year anniversary this week i've been here for 10 years and it's gone so quickly but exactly the same as julie i've been in the travel industry for 35 years this year and it's gone in a heartbeat i have loved and enjoyed every moment of my career and it's afforded me to do other things such as i'm going to inherit the chair for awte this year as well that's exciting and of course you know we started travel talks menopause it was a meeting of minds when we were at the ttg awards back in september um both Julie and i were both having the same vision both having the same thoughts so that's why it was born um But also, I got so many fingers in so many different pies. I absolutely love this industry because if it's one thing that I love to get behind is diversity and inclusivity right across the spectrum from LGBTQIA initiatives through to invisible disabilities and disabilities through to, of course, this last taboo, the last frontier, which is menopause. So thank you, Jeanette, for asking us to be on the podcast because it's going to be such an education.
0: Ah (laughs) Absolutely. Well, listen, you're more than welcome because I am at the age myself where I'm going through the menopause. Well, I think I am, but I'm not quite sure. And I'm not quite sure if I've been perimenopausal or if I'm in the middle of it, start of it, the end of it, I have no idea, really, you know, so I guess we're all different. We're all figuring this out. But the more openness we have around the topic and, you know, how we can support and help each other, but also what businesses need to be aware of and, and, and they can do as well, um, because it really does affect everyone, not just women, as we said. So, and uh, no, I, when I saw the Travel Talks menopause, uh, I think I pretty much sent you an email the first day I saw it all covered and said, hey, come on the podcast, you, you, you girls need to have a voice here with uh, Brave Bold Brilliant. So, no, it's uh, an absolute joy. Um, So I think a good place to start would be Almost around what is the menopause? You know, let's get back to basics because I think is again it's a term that's not not necessarily clearly defined. Um, some people sort of kind of think they know what it is, but I don't know. Julie, is that is that an area that maybe you could help with in terms of what is the menopause? Yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I, I think if I had the answer to that, I'd, um, I'd, I'd I'd be unlocking the Da Vinci code actually, because I think you're absolutely right. Um, what is the menopause? And, and, and I think you hit a really important point, Jeanette, where you said, well, I think I'm going through the menopause, but I'm not actually quite sure. So I guess what's defined as the menopause is if you haven't had a period for a, for a period of a year, then you are classically de, um, defined as in the menopause. But a lot of people don't actually realize that the menopause itself only actually lasts for one day because you're either perimenopausal or postmenopausal. So I guess I'm in that category now that I'm postmenopausal, but the symptoms of the menopause can actually last for up to 20 years with some women. So it's a really, really gray area and it's hard to define. Um, And I think there's so... Um, much misinformation about women who are going through the menopause in that they go to their doctors and they'll say, I'm having this symptom. And, you know, and, and you know, there's over 35 symptoms of the menopause. I think I've got about 26 of them <laughs> at the moment today. Tomorrow, I might only have 17, but on, but on Saturday, I might have the full 35. Who knows? And, you know, a lot of doctors misdiagnose. Um, they, they, they prescribe antidepressants instead of, um, the, the medication, um, that, you know, is available to all of us. So it is really hard to define. Um, but I think as a rule of thumb, perimenopause really is, is massive because people like me, I didn't realize that I was actually in perimenopause. I just thought I was being really horrible and moody and and nasty. And I think that can be the most, um, kind of misdiagnosed part of the whole menopause journey. Um, and that probably starts anyway if any kind of time, you know, from around about late 30s onwards. And menopause traditionally on average for a woman in the UK is around about the age of 51. So that kind of, I hope that kind of puts it into a nutshell. And, and people who are listening might think, oh, right, okay, so that explains um, I'm possibly feeling perimenopausal or okay. I haven't had a period for 12 months, so perhaps um into that postmenopausal menopausal um journey.
0: Yeah, okay, gosh, I mean, there's so much in here, isn't there? 35 symptoms, my word. And and I guess the other thing is if you're on the pill, um, you know, and you're you're not really having proper, proper periods, if you like, you know, um, again, even harder to actually define. <laughs> well, that that's right. And that was me. I had a, what's
1: called an ablation. Um, so it's it's what used, used to be called a scrape, or a lovely name, <laughs> lovely terminology we're using today. So uh, the proper term, medical term is an ablation. And it's where, you know, I suffered with her- crippling heavy periods. And that was possibly my perimenopausal journey and um, so much so that if this ablation which is just to take the lining of your womb away didn't work I would have had to have had a, a hysterectomy thankfully it did um, but actually although I wasn't on the pill my periods were, were were very very light and nothing really so I was I was really struggling to think is this it you know or or is this just a symptom of of having this operation and yet you're right a lot of women who may be on the pill and on the Marina coil won't necessarily get periods, so or might not actually realise that they are entering into the menopause phase.
0: Yeah. So, so that's. I mean, Julie, what I love about this is that you're you're kind of in it. You, you, you're in the middle of those symptoms, however many of those 35 you have on which particular day. Um, but, Lindsay, you know, before we started to recording this, you were saying, I suppose a bit similar to me, in that you're not really sure and, and kind of no, not quite sure what stage you're at, actually, and feeling a little bit scared and daunted by the whole thing. So that's a very different experience to what Julie's been through. So do you want to, just want to sort of talk about how, how things are with you personally as, uh, in, in the context of this?
2: Yeah. So I, I've got a lot of Julie thinking this is definitely perimenopause. I was so uneducated in the dark. I had no clue what to expect because you get sex ed and you get your little talk at school and then you're kind of left to wander through your life. And then you're forced with actually looking down the barrel of your forties into your fifties thinking, I'm going to have to learn all of this stuff myself because some days you're anxious, some days you're free spirited, some days your mood goes from absolutely high cloud nine to lowest of the low for no particular reason. Now, when you start ticking all of this stuff off and believe me, there is a checklist and I found this with Dr. Louise Newson. She, she founded the charity and the work that she does on evidence-based Stuff. So for me, that was an absolute go to. And there's a checklist where you can start to tick off what you're feeling and present that to the doctor to say, these are the symptoms that I'm going through. Because, like what Julie said, you go to your GP, you're getting misdiagnosed, you're getting all kinds of pills thrown at you, and that's not necessarily the answer. So there's a separate campaign, which I'll talk about in a moment. But i'm still having periods they're really light two days if that so i know that they've gone from being five or six days they're becoming shorter lighter so i know that my body is changing Now, COVID apart, the weight gain as well has been a psychological head mess because I've always yo-yoed with my weight. You know, I've gone from skinny to a bit bigger. And, you know, COVID has had a part in that where you haven't been as active and, you know, the emotional side of it. So if you're in tune with yourself and you know what's happening, in you because you are self-aware, you can start to tick that list off. It's when you don't know, you know, because people start to go through things either medically, you know, they're having treatments for X, Y, Z, which might mess with your body as well. So how the hell do you know? And then the frightening thing is, is that not every GP practice has a GP that is dedicated to the menopause. So this is another thing that we are trying to campaign for, which is that every single GP gets to choose when they are learning to become, educating to become um, a general practitioner in a practice. It's an elective module on the menopause, so they can actually choose to accept it and learn it and be a pioneer in their GP practice or not. So this is something that's quite close to Julie's heart. I know, which is that every single practice in the UK should have a practitioner GP that is dedicated to the menopause or know something about the menopause because for those people who don't, what on earth is going to happen? And then you're left either having to research it yourself or switch to another GP practice, which you don't really want to do. But that's the, the frightening thing is that I didn't know this until I started researching. Not all GPs have the knowledge and that's a scary thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess there's there's a really valuable piece of advice in in here. First of all, check out um, Dr Louise Newson that you mentioned. So presumably that you just Google her and you'll get all of that, that sort of checklist that you can start to assess yourself almost self-assessment. But then when you do go to the doctors, actually request specifically um, to see someone, hopefully that has actually, you know, is a specialist, does understand it in more detail. And if not, then you have a choice. Do you stay Mm -hmm. at that practice or do you go elsewhere?
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously you can pay to get the information that you want and to get the diagnosis and get the care that you feel that you absolutely deserve. Not everybody has got that accessibility. Not everybody's got that financially. So then it becomes your own responsibility to do this. And, you know, I don't want to appear rude or offensive, but if men had periods, gave birth to children, went through the menopause, I am sure that the landscape would be completely different you know I love our male allies and role models but I'm positive that it would be a lot different
0: yeah no, I think I think you're right. I do think you're right. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you on on that one. Um okay, but even it does some very practical stuff here that that women can do. Um and and also, you know, I think the other thing about this is it affects your mental well-being, right? And your mindset and, you know, the the worry, the concern, the mood swings, you know, all of that, the concerns around am I going to go off sex, what's going to happen and and just sort of that really impact on your own self-esteem well-being etc so can we just talk a little bit about the the mental side of things because there's a physical but then there's also the mental so Julie from your point of view did you have it has that played out for you in a big way or was it more focused on the the sort of the physical side of of the menopause Um,
1: Massively um, affected my mental health, I've got got to say. Um, In fact, to the point when I actually went to my GP, and I have to say I'm quite lucky in that I do have a GP who um, does a weekly Zoom call with the the top menopause doctor in the northeast. So I'm really, really lucky that my my practice does have a dedicated menopause um, GP, um, but actually went to the doctors and, and kind of said, I look like julie i'm talking like julie but i, I don't re- i don't know who this person is inside of us and and i think it was just you know like the anxiety was was crippling i've got to say and i think you know i I'm kind of um this happening to me at, at the brink of lockdown as well you know ha- had a massive impact on 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 my mental health um and, and yeah, it was just it was just crippling, just having the anxiety. Um, I wouldn't say so much brain fog, possibly yeah, a little bit of brain fog, but more that crippling anxiety and just worrying about anything and everything, like just that worry and just feeling that I'd lost a little bit of my confidence um, as well. And I've always been quite a confident, out, outgoing person, and you know, initially um, when I went on to HRT, I felt so much better, but, you know, I I don't, I'm not, I'm not um, afraid to say the last couple of months have just been really challenging as well. And, you know, thankfully I've, um, I've changed my HRT um, and prescription. So hopefully I'm getting there, but it is, it's crippling. And this is the problem. You will go to the doctors and you know, if you say that you're feeling down and you're feeling anxious, if you say they are your first symptoms, that's when a lot of doctors will just automatically um, prescribe antidepressants and guess why? Because it's cheaper than prescribing HRT and we need to change that mindset um, and, you know, allow doctors to have a proper conversation and a proper diagnosis. I'm not saying that it's wrong to be on antidepressants because sometimes you need both and certainly a serotonin-based antidepressant because that is sometimes what's lacking um is a lack of serotonin. But it's not the answer most of the time. And you would be horrified at the amount of people um, on the back of Lindsay and I setting up travel talks menopause who came forward and said, oh, I've been to the doctors and the doctors just prescribed antidepressants. So yeah, mental health
0: does have a big part um to play um, in the menopause. Yeah no it's i i i I can imagine that and and also just in terms of i suppose the go to solutions here that you're talking about there's the antidepressants there's HRT but they aren't the only options, are they, for women? Because some some women don't necessarily want to put, you know, prescription drugs into their body. It, you know, that, there can be a personal preference around that. There could be all sorts of, you know. So what are the alternative options um, for, for women, do you think? I mean, Lindsay, I don't know if that's something that you want to, to maybe
2: touch uh-huh. on. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of women that elect to not go into the HRT for whatever reason. You know, One of the biggest myths around HRT is down to a study that was done over 20 years ago in America with women who had gone through the menopause. They were post-menopausal. They were later on in their 60s. And the outcome of that was the whole myth around breast cancer. That has been seriously debunked. That is not true. But sadly, the myth has stayed and it is cascaded down the generations where there are still people, a huge amount of people who are worried to take HRT in fear of them having breast cancer. Now, that is not necessarily true. So always speak to your health professional because HRT is good for some and not for others. Now, I have started to invest and protect myself against whatever might happen. So I now take um, I did some research. I, t- I now take tablets and they're called Black Cosh. And it's a, a CHOSH, I think, and I get them from my local herbal retailer. Um, and they really help with menopausal symptoms. Um, so if you're perimenopausal and you want to start investing in, in your health and looking at alternative therapies, then definitely the herbal um, route is a good one to go down. But coupled with mental health, coupled with everything else, getting good sleep, getting exercise eating right you know you can't go through life eating the same way that you used to in your 20s you know drinking in the same amount that you were in your 20s you know it's it's so important
0: yeah yeah no I think that I think that there's some really good good points in there Lindsay because it's it's all right
2: I'm I'm the connection with Oh, when, I'm sorry. I'm back again now. You're all good. You're all good. I'm all good. We were. But I think it's important to know that everything is linked together. Sleeping well, exercising well, um, drinking less, trying to quit smoking is all linked to the symptoms being more exaggerated or not. Please just invest in yourself. You have one body, and it's the vehicle that will carry you through life be kind to it, but there are always alternative ways to just HRT. Black kosh is something I take. I know there are other things on the market as well. So
0: yeah, yeah brilliant. No, that's great. And 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 some of these core principles actually are just around good well-being tips you know fresh air sleep hydration as you say all of those good things you know i mean i i'm a big believer in meditation you know yoga mindfulness all of those you know like the car map is great and this is these are things not not related specifically to the menopause but just about feeling good in yourself and and really taking care of number one put your own oxygen mask on first yeah. um you know so i i think yeah. <laughs> you know it's great to be talking specifically about the menopause but actually what it does it has you know a broader concept doesn't it just about well-being actually and things you should be doing anywhere and as you say you know lindsay you can't eat and drink and do the same things in your 50s as you could in your 20s and expect to still ha- be the you know have the same result it is harder to lose weight it's harder to you know your shape changes maybe a bit of more thickening around the waist or whatever it might be you know this is the stuff um Um, So before we get on to all around the campaign and and kind of what, you know, the practical, how people can get involved in this, can we talk about sex, please? (laughs) Ladies, we started the conversation with vaginal dryness and I really can't leave it there. so I honestly believe that this is one of the most um worrisome areas of the menopause you know will I go off sex will my partner still fancy me you know my will I have a sex drive you know all of that kind of stuff um so yeah I'd like us to talk about that a little bit not necessarily from a personal point of view unless you want to (laughs) more than happy to but you know just just really in terms of that as a as a as a theme and as a as a topic and and how important it is to communicate with your partner what's going on as well um, as a big part
2: yeah I think it's so important to be open and free with your discussions with your partner I'm in a same-sex relationship so I've got double whammy coming towards me you know there's going to be two of us going through this and it doesn't matter what relationship that you're in feeling attractive feeling sexy weight gain um, the mental struggle, you know, is is all about open, honest communication between you. And I think if you can discuss things together, you're halfway there. The rest is just physical. You know, if you get your mental head around it and your well being around it, there's much more to a sex life than sex. You know, there are intimate things that you can do that will give you pleasure without having to have Full blown sex. And I think, again, that's something that you have to talk about together. Um, In terms of hormones, you know, when the estrogen starts to go down, I didn't know this before I started research, but we are predominantly, as women, made up of uh, two thirds testosterone, you know? So having that as part of HRT as well can bring up the libido. Because your levels of testosterone do deplete over time. But again, this is something that Julie and I know, it's like rocking horse poop to get hold of, you know, and it's quite expensive. So it's not an option for everybody. So Julie, you might want to expand more
1: yeah um yeah that's the problem with testosterone it's not prescribed at all um in this country i think you can get it from australia i believe but yeah testosterone um does have a big part to to, to play in, um you know the the depletion of your sex drive but uh, a lot of the time i think it's because you know I had my children really, really early. But if you think about maybe an average early 50s woman with children, they may be at that school age, they might be adolescent stage. So they're going through their changes in their body. You're working full time. You're juggling so many plates. Sex is the last thing on your mind. So sometimes it's not always down to the menopause. It's just Sometimes at that time in your life, you may have elderly parents that you're also caring. So you're spinning all of these plates and, and you're thinking, I'd love to have some intimate time with my partner, but actually I haven't got the, the time to do it. So I think a lot of the time it is about making that time and, 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 and having that time that you can cherish and, and just forcing yourself sometimes to make that time to have those intimate moments with, with your, with your partner. Um, because sometimes it is just the lives and the busy lives. And at that time in our life, you are just spinning those, those plates as fast as you can. Um, but again, there's lots of things that can help. I mean, one of the biggest symptoms that can make sex quite painful um, during the menopause is, you know, the dryness of the vagina. So there's a lot of, um, you know, um, things that you can get from the doctor prescribed over the counter. And, and really please, anybody that's listening and has experienced those symptoms, please, um, go, you know, get something um, to help you because um, if you don't, then it can go on to a lot of, you um, know, urinary tract um, conditions as well which can be really really painful and that is one of the things that will hopefully be available over the counter in the not too distant future but yes you can go and see a GP and get a prescription um, f- for you know some some pessaries that can help and uh, you know it, it's something that I would say if you are suffering from that to, to certainly um, seek advice on
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think there's a huge amount of women that suffer with confidence when they start to feel anxious and they don't know what's happening into their bodies. And again, I think it's forums like this, you know, Travel Talks Menopause is here to help in every single way to do with, with sex life, not just people in travel. And it's about, you know, workplace policy, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But it is about having an open and honest discussion together and sharing experiences, you know, particularly around around topics such as this within the menopause where, you know, you're at the, you feel at your peak when you're in your forties. And, you know, sometimes you feel really sexy, but then you feel let down because, you know, not everything's functioning as it, as it once did. So have fun with lube, have fun with sex toys, have fun with your partner, you know, and get that confidence back. Easier said than done for many, I know, but if anybody ever wants to talk, we're always here just to have a helping hand in that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really great. And and actually, I think also from a from a male perspective or a partner perspective, because as you say, Lindsay, you're in a same sex relationship. And, um, you know, so it's it's it, it, we all have our sex lives and different versions of. Um, but I think even opening the conversation potentially could actually open up a whole new avenue of kind of exploration. As a couple that maybe you've never done before because maybe you didn't feel it was required before, you know, but now that could open up a whole new sort of experience, couldn't it? Whether it's, you know, watching whatever kind of, you know, videos or sex toys or role play or, you know, and actually opening the lid on the on the conversation in the first place might lead to an even more fulfilling sexual relationship when you come through the initial
2: shock of the conversation in the first place. Absolutely. I think it's just about having compassion and being patient. You know, I know that men are very much driven differently than women are. And I think it's having that level of compassion and, and, and patience within a relationship and being able to communicate openly. So there are lots of useful hints and tips on the Balance website which again is driven by Dr. Louise Newson. Balance um, on the website, or she does some stuff on uh, Instagram as well. It's all very useful. Everything from sex drive and playing and having that compassion in a relationship. It's great to knowledge up on that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, get some ideas, get some inspiration and just sort of see. You know, I, I always believe out of any adversity, there's always opportunity. And what that's exactly what we're talking about now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who, who would have thought vaginal dryness equals opportunity? <laughs> there's always an upside <laughs> uh, maybe that's an inspirational quote to be gone to, to be put on facebook there or something but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, lo- I love it i love it so let's talk about travel talks menopause then because mm-hmm. obviously this is an initiative that you that you both set up together and um, it's still relatively new um but good few months in now so gathering momentum so julie do you want to talk or so just talk us through what what it's all about and then, you know, how people can get involved uh, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, it was, it was a meeting of minds of of Lindsay and I, and um, in a nutshell, we just really want to create a safe environment um, for, you know, anybody within the travel industry, but we don't mind even if you're not in the travel industry, male or female, um, you know, to to talk openly um, about their experiences, um, you know, the, 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 Our Instagram page has got so many useful hints and tips via um, our bio link. So it was just really initially to create that safe environment, normalise conversation within the workplace, but also, you know, to take it one step further. um, And I'll let Lindsay um, um, pick up on um, how we really want to um, normalise the conversation in the workplace. But also make sure that um, employees get the help that they need within the workplace if they are suffering um, from the menopause. And that's not just women, but but all genders, all age groups as well. But I'll let let Lindsay talk a little bit more about about the workplace um, work that we've been doing around implementing policies within the workplace.
2: Thanks. So we managed to get um, support and affiliation with two amazing companies, TTG Media. They're backing us with the get, uh, get Travel Talking Mental Health Hub and also um, Ami at Traveler, Ami Narrow Traveler, wh- who has been fantastic in staying on the right side of the law and giving us some quick tips and information there, which I'll go into, but... In 2019, John Terry, who works for uh, Cooper, did some research for TTG, and out of the 80% of travel chief executives who were surveyed, 80% of them said that diversity and inclusivity in the whole spectrum of, they didn't think that it was an issue to progression of employees in their business, yet only 20% of them collected data on it. Now, that doesn't add up to me because this creates all kinds of problems. If you are not monitoring your employees and giving them kudos, support and protection, there's going to be all kinds of issues, not to mention the gender pay gap issue, which is now required by law, because we find that 900,000 women leave their jobs every single year due to feeling unsupported, unheard, undervalued and unprotected when it comes to menopausal symptoms. Now, not every woman wants to talk about it to their line manager or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is why Travel Talks Menopause is here. One in eight British women of workforce age are going through menopause. It is the fastest growing demographic or down to these baby boomers. So there are now more people in the workplace going through menopause at that age. Now, if we don't create workplace policy the you are going to be open for liability. We've just had that. Um, there was something in the news recently. There was a woman who used to work in a business where banter was culturally driven throughout the business. She managed to take them to a tribunal and won. Now, she had to come into a different Because At the moment, menopause is not protected as an individual characteristic under UK legislation. However, due to the Menopause Matters campaign with Davina, with Dr. Louise Newson, Lisa Snowden, and Carolyn Harris, who's MP, who's an MP, that is now being driven through uh, the Houses of Parliament to become part of UK legislation. The ETA on that is twelve months. Now, wouldn't it be great for a UK business to be pioneering and set that up before that comes into place? How How much valued would that employee feel saying? They don't need to do anything, but they're actually doing something. I feel amazing. You know, TalkTalk talk are a really great example where their chief exec brought in that anybody who's on the HRT can claim back on expenses. You know, it's. I'm not saying everybody's got to go to that level. But if, if something's not in place, and do you know what? I can hear people's eyes rolling. I've seen <laughs> it with my own eyes when i'm on a when i'm on a panel and i start talking about di- diversity and inclusivity especially menopause i can see eyes roll and shoulders drop and i think no if you don't start to protect your people who work for you and support them they will leave if they're going through symptoms they will either take early retirement or they will simply leave because they feel unprotected if you think that women have had to absolutely fight on the agenda to get equality and to get to boardroom and senior leadership positions for them to then go through the menopause and have various symptoms that are so debilitating that they feel undersupported or there is banter around the office that isn't really That constructive, thank you very much, that they feel that they have to leave and take all of their experience and talent with them. We've got a serious problem on our hands if we don't start to act now, because soon enough, people are going to have to act because it becomes part of law. So, in a nutshell, Travel Talks Menopause is working with businesses to create effective workplace policies with law as our guiding star, because they are fantastic at what they do. They will give advice. They will draw policy. They will do it for you. So don't think that you have to do everything yourself. You know, this is this is something that businesses start to think, hang on a minute, I've got a barrier. I don't know what I'm doing then ask somebody who does know what they're doing. There's enough of us out there who can help each other. So travel towards menopause is both To protect businesses and employees. Because again, if you want to protect the longevity of your business, protect your people, have a diverse workforce. You know, we're we're going into a new uncharted era. And how exciting is that? And how good could your business be if you've got a real diverse mix of people on your board in middle management, running the blocks for you every single day? Uh, That would be fantastic to work for a company, as I do at Holiday Extras, who are pioneering in what they do so
0: yeah yeah no you're absolutely spot on and what you know the reality is that actually you know a lot of the the themes that we've seen come through in in terms of dni in general around you know gender and race and you know lgbtq of course it's the right thing to do For society, for individuals and and from a humane point of view, but actually it's good for business. And, you know, so, and this is what always surprised me, you know, I mean, I've run very large travel businesses, but actually we should be way past having to prove the case. Mm -hmm. The case case is proven, you know, diverse boards actually achieve far higher financial results. So if you're a CEO that's worried about your budget and and delivering for the shareholders, these policies are not they're actually going to move you forward with your financial results, not actually be seen as just a cost um, exercise. And and that's the frustration. I get incredibly frustrated because it's so short sighted. And I think this is exactly the same in, in that sense. But it's it's just, as you say, the last taboo. And it's good for the individual. It's the right thing to do for society and it's the right thing to do for the business. And also, I think more and more, you know, we have an issue attracting talent into the travel industry. We know that we've got a brain drain and it's coming from lots of different kind of areas, if you like. Difficult to attract talent in terms of young people and you've got the opposite end you've got people leaving for reasons like this. So it is a problem. And and actually, I think more and more people are choosing the organisations they want to be part of. You know, and, and it's not just, you know, it's, it's around issues like this. It's issues around, you know, d sustainability, you know, CSR. And, and actually, you know, having, you know, profit for purpose and actually having the right policies in place. For me, I'm ranting now, is, is just the, the right thing to do. I'm, I'm there. I'm there in Whitehall <laughs> with my banner. Um, so, no, I think it's refreshing to actually be able to engage with businesses. But the thing I would say as a business leader... If you're scared of doing the wrong thing and therefore do nothing, that's that's equally bad, right? Because I think very often, just make a start, accept you're not gonna get it all right. But if you say our intention is this, We're going to figure it out together. Please bear with us. If we offend anyone or we use the wrong terminology, it is not intended. We will get better. But I think so many businesses are scared because they don't want to put their foot in it. Therefore, they do nothing. I don't know if you're (laughs) seeing that.
2: Do you know what? There are so many simple things that you can do as a business that is totally free. You know, people are very scared at the moment to put some money in some initiatives because they don't know what ROI they're going to get back from that spend thinking, I know I need to do it. How much is it going to cost me and what do I need to do? Well, set up an intranet page. Signpost people to Dr. Louise Newson. Just acknowledge the fact that it's there. Create forums. Get people to come along. Have a lunch and learn. Invite everybody. Don't have it exclusive just for women of a certain age. It's open to everybody, all genders, all ages. And bust this thing out in the open. That's when you can start driving a culture that is inclusive, that is diverse, that can start to make a difference. So start at grassroots. Get people to come in and speak. We're always available. We don't mind coming in and speaking. Also, there's loads of people in the industry who wouldn't mind lending a hand on any part of DNI. Stuff to do with menopause. We're all available and we're all free. We, We live, eat, sleep, breathe the industry yeah
0: yeah you're absolutely right and and i think um also a big part of this is around having male advocates Mm -hmm. um because you know as we say yes it's a female issue but it's not just a female issue it's actually affects everyone so so julie what are your thoughts on how, how do we get more of the guys behind this i don't know if you've got any ideas on on that side
1: Yeah, I think um, Lindsay's right in what she said. We just need to start at at grassroots, really. One of the things that Lindsay and I have worked really, really hard on is is, is something like really quite simple, which is the back of the door campaign. Um, So we've put together just some simple hints and tips that you can put on the back of your bathroom door. Um, And and that's for both male and female bathroom doors. Um, Just kind of, you know, the very basic symptoms um, that people can sometimes experience. During menopause at work um, with a QR code because let's face it, everybody takes their phones into the loo. So want to have a little sticky, a little sticky text. Um, so you know the, the QR code will signpost back to um, Travel Talks Menopause um, Instagram page where again there's lots and lots of useful hints and tips. And I think it's just creating that open conversation. You know, one of the things that I'd like to see happening is a menopause champion in the bigger workplaces. Um, I just had a a call from from um, an agent that I know who said, oh, can you send some of that information um, around, you you know, travel talks menopause? Because I've got quite a few of my staff who are struggling at the moment. So actually, I went one step further and I said, I'll tell you what, next time I come and see you, I'll have a chat. But wouldn't it be lovely if they had like a menopause champion who, you know, everybody knew and somebody could speak to, you know, uh, in confidence just about the menopause because I think men really suffer um as as, as well and, and sometimes feel a bit ashamed that they haven't supported their partners. Um, oh their, you know, it could be, it could be their sister, um, it could be the daughter, the daughter, you know, my, my parents are still alive. Um, so I think a lot of men do feel guilty and just don't really know what's happening. So I think a lot of education is needed out there for men. But just Again, you know, somebody that they can talk to within the workplace around things that might be troubling them. Um, But but most of the time it is really education.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think role models play a really key part with with any initiative like this that actually you want to have longevity with. You know, role models, advocates, champions, um, male and female are, are absolutely critical. So for any of you guys listening to this and you want to get involved, this is the perfect opportunity. One, not only to support the women in your life and actually be far more informed how you can be a better husband, wife, brother, whatever it might be. Uh, wife could be wife. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you know to what I me, mean? whatever, whatever their role is um, for the women in their lives that it can help them on a personal basis but also how great to, to be at the front um leading with some of this stuff as a male advocate that can actually you know sort of help really make a difference um because that's what it's all about isn't it,
2: yeah, it is.
0: so we have well we've covered quite a lot haven't we oh my god <laughs> We could talk for hours, we could talk for hours. But no, I think it's a really good, a really good kickoff. I would like us to do a follow up, actually, um, podcast, you know, for maybe six months time or something like that, once we see how things start to evolve. Um, I I think a big shout out to TTG and to Dan Pearce, actually, because talking about male advocates, you know, Dan is very much there at the front in terms of leading with initiatives LGBTQ and yet another one, you know, TTG do um, do. work very closely with every woman you know i'm a judge on the every woman panel as well and you know all credit to dan i think he is very progressive there and a lot of the tone he sets from the top could be replicated by other male leaders as well um so dan will like a nice shout out there Uh, but (laughs) but but yeah i think uh, it'll be good to do a follow-up once we're further down the track to see how things are progressing what more could be done um, you know, what businesses are really getting behind this that can sort of fly the flag and encourage others to do the same. So we will do a follow-up. But, you know, on this whole, I always like to end these podcasts by asking what does Brave Bold Brilliant mean to mean to the, the guests on the podcast? So I don't know if you either of you have got any immediate thoughts about what Brave Bold Brilliant means. And it could be in the context of the menopause or it could be in the context of just how you see things in general in life. So I can see Lindsay looking very thoughtful. <laughs> so who would like to go first? Any ideas around what brave, bold, brilliant means to means to either you, Lindsay or Julie?
2: Um, I think for me in particular, I think that we have a duty of care and responsibility to pay it forward. And that takes courage. And I think that I'm in a space spiritually mentally now age-wise where I want to do that and I think you can I always call myself a positive disruptor I'm quite eloquent in pushing the envelope because there are ways that you can do things there are ways that you can go about things being an advocate for LGBTQIA plus community being a champion for women's equality, being a champion for inviting more male allies into the realms of discussions where we need them takes courage and you have to be bold about it. And the outcome of that is always quite brilliant. So for me, in a nutshell, that's it.
0: Perfect. I love that, Lindsay. So Julie, what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? I think I probably just took a little bit of a different slant
1: on it. And I think as women, we are very hard on ourselves. I think that is natural. We're very hard um, and, you know, we do put ourselves down a lot of the time. But in actual fact, if you look at the role of a woman and what we do, we are brave. We are fierce, brave people. We are bold and we are brilliant people. And I think for anybody that is suffering through perimenopause, through menopause, through any kind of mental challenges within their life, to think of that and not be too hard upon themselves. And, you know, sometimes you do just need to, uh, and Lindsay will tell you, I've been wallowing lately and sometimes you just got to wallow in your own and you'll come out of it a braver, bolder, more brilliant person.
0: Oh, fantastic. I love that. Two really different perspectives. And that's why I love asking that question, because I genuinely believe that everyone's got greatness within them, um, 100%. And it's conversations like this that really encourage people to shine and be the best version of themselves. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? We've only got one life. Let's make it count. Um, You know, so, yeah, thank you so much, Lindsay and Julie. You've been an absolute uh, dream and uh, uh, such an important topic as well. So thank you for trusting me um, with the conversation around menopause as well and we will definitely do that follow-up over a bottle of wine i think next time Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. thank, thank you, you yeah. thank you both i really hope you've enjoyed brave bold brilliant don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends and if you've enjoyed listening i'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review